Have you ever shopped for a gift and you thought, you know what, this just isn't enough. It doesn't capture what this person means to me. As you're trying to, to find that one special thing. Maybe you experienced that some uh, over these last couple of weeks as we had the build-up to, to Christmas and, and the, all the shopping season and all that. But you ever give a gift or you ever receive a gift and you wonder, what does this mean? Your first diamond rings can be a primo example to that kind of thing. It's usually the first time you get or give one of those, it usually comes with a big life-changing question. Well, at this time of the year, we can have maybe a love-hate relationship with gifts, especially now that we are two weeks past the official Christmas date and, and maybe we are figuring out how to pay for the gifts of the season. But gifts can be a good thing, maybe even a blessing. Gary Chapman, in his pivotal book, uh, Five Love Languages, uses gift giving as one of them, one of the ways that we share or that we receive gifts or that we receive love. You know, God's into giving gifts that keep on giving. As we see in this story, uh, out of Matthew 2, this is the story of the wise men in the Christmas story. It comes out of Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. Let's check it out. In the time of Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it was written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Well, this week... This may not be the question that the Magi asked, but it is one for us. What do we do when we finally reach the star's destination? When we reach the end of the rainbow? Now that Christmas has officially come and gone, what does this, how does the story make a difference for us? What does it matter now that we're in the new year, in 2021? Well, there seems to be, again, some kind of separation between what it would be like if we were to arrive in that room where Jesus lay as a one, maybe two-year-old, and when the Magi came, there seems to be a bit of a separation because they have, the Magi, have expensive gifts to offer. We may not. You know, they have prestige following them. They are the influencing type. They are the people who have a million subscribers and, and two million followers, and Wheaties would love to have them all over their uh, their cereal box and everything like that. We may not have that kind of influence. 
So how, if we are, if we don't measure up to the people that made the, the cut in the story, how does the climax of the journey impact us? Well, you know, the scale and the specifics, they may differ a little bit, but there's still things we can learn from the Magi's response. When they encountered Jesus, when they followed this star to where it led, and it led them to the one who would be king of the Jews. And think about what the first thing they did. They worshipped. They paid him homage, as, the, as Matthew often says. Now these are dignified men. And these are prime men that are now undignified as it would be, flat on their faces in front of Jesus, worshipping this maybe two-year-old who's, who's maybe still kind of bumping around, trying to learn how to walk, maybe getting the no, 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 as, as he starts crawling or starts walking out beyond the bounds of where Joseph wants him to go. They, as dignified people, are willing to worship. And they use their gifts. They use the gifts that they have been given in, um, in acknowledging him, in acknowledging who Jesus is. That he is king of the Jews. A phrase that that Matthew doesn't use very often. But much ink has been spilled on the whole significance of the gifts. You know, when we often think of the Magi or the wise men, it goes like mac and cheese with the gifts. The gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. And, And a lot of people have spilled ink trying to write about the significance of them. About what they mean and how they're different from each other. And so I don't want to get too deep into that. But as kind of a, a surface level thing, for where I think they are, they're going with this. You have the gold that acknowledges that Jesus is king. And you have the frankincense that acknowledges that Jesus is God. Um, and the myrrh was something that they often used when they were doing embalming, when they were preparing bodies for burial. So it kind of foretold of his death, of how Christmas would eventually lead to Easter, to Good Friday and Easter. I know this doesn't get into the the gifts individually, but as a whole, here's where the idea comes from or where the idea goes, is that in their culture, in the culture of the Magi, these were gifts that were offered to kings. These were gifts that were offered even to gods. And and so bringing these gifts, whatever the, the distinctions may be between each individual gift and what it may have meant on its own, it recognized that it recognized who Jesus was, that he was a child of significance, even if his stature was still yet to develop. Now know this as well. I mean, these are not cheap gifts. These are people certainly of means. They're not just hitting the Walmart clearance rack on uh, you know, looking for whatever's gonna allow them to, to check off a gift off their list. But they're going, you know, full ticket price at Macy's on Christmas Eve kind of kind of price. And it's easy to see in context, but sometimes when we acknowledge who Jesus is, like it does for the Magi, even though they may have been a people of means, when we acknowledge who Jesus is, it can have a cost to it. Sometimes maybe it costs us relationships because we aren't running with the same crowd that we did before Jesus mattered in our lives. I know I've certainly seen some of that. Maybe it costs pride as um, people give us grief about that we're not staying out late on a, you know, all day on a Saturday night or all night on a Saturday night or we're not uh, doing the same kind of things that we did 
before Jesus mattered because we're thinking about, hey, you know, I want to try and, you know, be with the community and worship on Sunday. Maybe it costs us comfort as God does a work in us in the way only God can and makes our desires change. And and they can be new and we don't know what quite what to make of it, but know this, it is good that though acknowledging Jesus may have a cost, it does not mean that all is lost. Because the Magi used their gifts and it it blessed them back in return. I know we don't often think about it this way, but what trying to find a gift for a second. And maybe you have thought about this in the in the context of Christmas and um, looking at wish lists of your kids or your or your family or your friends. A gift is usually something that we give that's not deserved. We don't expect payback for it. But the these magi, they're blessed men. And the, the blessings happen to include wealth and position in their that they were born in the right place at the right time with the right heritage and all of that. And it allows them, because they were blessed with that kind of stuff, to be able to give gifts like gold, like frankincense and myrrh. If you track it back, it's fair to say that God was the one who gifted them. Again, with being born in the right family and having the smarts to amass wealth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And for them, the neat thing is it's an upward cycle. They were blessed, and so they used their gifts to bless God back, and hence they're blessed more in return, even if it's not materially, even if it is just in being able to to acknowledge this Savior and be able to worship him in person. And and it goes up and up and up. And, And we it's similar to kind of what I've said in the past, where we give thanks for gifts by giving back. And then we get blessed in return, and we have more to be able to to bless others with and give thanks with gifts. And I want to use a bit of an an analogy to kind of capture this idea of how giving gifts can lead to an upward cycle of being blessed. And I know it's it's an analogy, so at some point I'm sure it probably falls apart as all all analogies do. But imagine you have you're in a out in a, a rural area and you have a well of water half a mile from your home and you've got to trek out to get water to do all the things of your house and you know early in the morning you trek out there and you get your water and you load it up on your shoulders and you haul it back home and it's you know a half a mile of having 10 gallon buckets of water on your shoulders or something like that and you repeat it at night and to go get more water and come back. And when you arrive at the well, the well is full again. And you get water and you return home for the night and you repeat it day in and day out. And let's just say for the sake of analogy that it's the only water source, so you don't really have a lot of choice to it. But every time you reach the well, it's full again. Now, is there a cost to constantly trekking out to the well? Sure, just ask your muscles after the first couple of days. I've done that kind of thing. It's your muscles tell you, hey, there's a price to this. But water is good for life. Certainly, it's necessary for life. Is acknowledging who Jesus is or is worshiping Jesus costly? Yeah, there's a cost to it in in some of the ways that we just sort of glanced over earlier. But every time we do it, 
And no matter how many times it is that we do it, God offers us a full well to draw from. Even if it isn't filled with gold and frankincense and myrrh, it is something that allows us to be blessed, to be refreshed, to have new abundant life poured into us each time we go back to that well. So let me ask you this question. What's the most commonplace Walmart clearance rack gift that God has given you? Whether or not you acknowledge that it's God that gives it to you or not, I'm sure you can think of where I'm going with this as far as the gift. It's the one that makes you think, yeah, but, you know, it's not going to do me any good. It's not going to do anybody else any good. That's the one I'm talking about. I used to write poetry back in my journal in middle school. That's the gift I'm talking about. I sang in a choir back in second grade. You know how second grade choirs go. That's the gift. I have patience to survive in a room full of kids or with my family over these last couple of months. That's the gift. And by the way, that one is not so Walmart clearance rack. You believe me, especially if you have had to try and homeschool kids over these last couple of months. Somebody who has the gift of patience to survive in a room with kids, that's a gift. But how can you use that one to worship this week? Even if worship just means saying, thank you, Jesus, for this gift, for being able to to do this little common thing and to do it well. How can you use that to just say thank you? And you know what? Saying thanks is a way of worshiping. Think of, answer that question. Find that one gift. And this week, do it. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for blessing us with so many gifts. Whether they are common, whether they are world-influencing, or just family-influencing. Thank you that you bless us in that way. And you allow us to use gifts for, to make a better world and to make better life for ourselves, for our loved ones, in acknowledging you and in blessing you. So help us to do that well this week in this season, we pray. Amen.